Hello, Birdland. A very tough loss. I, uh... I don't know where we start from there. I noticed the comments are a little quieter than after a big win that we had last night uh, pre-show. So definitely hop on in the comments. Birdland tonight is the only fan-driven Baltimore Orioles post-game show. If you're a out-of-town Orioles fan, it's your only post-game show as MLB.TV cuts the Masson's feed as soon as the game's over and does not give you any post-game show. Anyway, if you you want to support us, follow us at Birdland Sports on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. The only one that's different is Instagram. We got a new Instagram account because I could not get the guy who has our handle to give it up. So give a follow to Birdland Sports B-A-L over on Instagram as we're going to get that rolling very soon. Follow all that. If you want to support us even more, head on over to birdlandtonight.com where you can get a sweet hat like this and some nice t-shirts as well. All that helps out. And head on over to your favorite podcast app. Subscribe to the Birdland Tonight podcast. Give it five stars in iTunes or in Spotify or whatever your app is. I know those two do reviews. And in iTunes, you can actually write a review. So write in there about how every Oriole fan should be subscribing to this podcast and following us live immediately after every Oriole game. All right, so tough loss for the Orioles. And it was really the story of two games, divided in the middle by a hailstorm. Which I don't know about you guys, but I've never seen a hail delay. I've seen rain delays. I've seen lightning delays in football. I mean, I guess I've seen lightning delays in baseball as well, but I just call it a rain delay. I've never seen a hail delay. I've seen snow during a baseball game. Haven't seen a hail delay. That was a new one. I felt like it even confused the broadcasters for a while. And I'll get to the broadcasters tonight because I both watched the game on TV like I've been doing. And for the first time this year, I listened to part of the game on the radio. And that's what I really want to talk about a little later is about the radio broadcast with Melanie Newman. But let's talk about this game. Uh, Tyler Wells started this game. Four innings, 64 pitches, three strikeouts, no runs through those four innings. Way better than his first outing in Tampa last Sunday when he couldn't get out of the second inning where he got blown up at like an inning and two-thirds and had to get yanked out of the game. Way better start today. Um, he was followed by Michael Bauman, which is great, except the hail came while Michael Bauman was facing his second hitter. And then it was a 49-minute hail delay, which caused him to not be able to pitch anymore, and we wasted him today on that. I hope he's not fully wasted and just wasted for the night and, not, and that he'll be available again tomorrow or Monday. As we move on. Um, But anyway, after that, Travis Latkins came in. And there's been a whole lot of hate. I feel like Orioles Twitter tonight broke. I think Travis Latkins broke Orioles Twitter, which is funny because it goes back to that whole discussion we've had earlier. That this team, like we know this team's bad. We know this team is um, not going to be good. But we still all get frustrated when they don't perform. I mean, it's, it's, this is the Orioles. Travis Latkins does suck. We know that. But he's on the Orioles, and we know that. So, all right, he struggled. And he gave up some hits. 
I mean, how exciting was that play at the plate that we then have where the Yankees go up 3-2, to two, we get the review, come back and it's 2-2, two, two, excites uh, the fan base, we all get back into the game, and then of course Lackins immediately, Rizzo gets thrown out at the plate, or called safe, overturned at the plate, then Donaldson hits that two-run shot to shut everybody up. And by shut everyone up, I mean wake up Oriole Park at Camden Yards because it was Yankee Stadium today. It was not everything I talked about yesterday about how the Yankee fans were quiet and the Oriole fans were loud. The Yankee fans well outdid the Oriole fans tonight. Don't know why. Don't know the difference between a Saturday night and a Friday night. Maybe there was too much traffic last night to get the game on time, or Oriole fans were too, or Yankee fans were too depressed, or the hailstorm like really woke up the Yankee fans tonight. But for some reason, the Yankee fans were really loud today. They were loud coming through the TV broadcast. They were louder coming through the radio broadcast. It sounded like an away game for the Baltimore Orioles, and I hate that. I hate seeing that at Camden Yards. Um, before this game started. The Orioles' bullpen had a 1.03 whip, which put them second in the American League, right behind Seattle's 8.1, and it put them fourth in the majors. It also induced six double plays, which was the first first in the majors for most double plays. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how tonight's game affects that. Um, that was also when Travis Atkins gave up that home run to Donaldson. It was the first opponent home run in Camden Yards this year. It was the first home run given up by the Orioles' bullpen this year. I mean, we talked the, we've talked the past couple of nights about how great the bullpen's been. And a struggle today, we still have to say the bullpen wasn't horrible. We lost 5-2. to two. Five runs. I'll take that. The Orioles are supposed to have a lineup that's good enough to score five runs. We scored two. We got seven hits today. Should we talk positive first or should we talk negative first about the at-bats? You guys know the negative. Let's get the negative out of the way. Runners in scoring position. It's always runners in scoring position. This team went one for seven today. And if you want to know how one for seven works out as an average, well... Not bad compared to the Orioles as a whole, who went 7 for 77 for the season so far. We are a week into Orioles baseball, and the Orioles have seven hits with runners in scoring position. I can't say much else to say about that, except we've played seven games. We have seven hits with runners in scoring position. I don't care what the bullpen's doing. I don't care that Travis Lackins pitched today. I don't care that Travis Lackins gave up a home run. None of that has anything to do with why we lost. We lost because we are 7 for 77 this season with runners in scoring position. That is one hit per game this season with runners in scoring position. That's a major problem. Yes, Bauman being able to pitch instead of Lakins would have made a big impact. But with the risk, who knows? With the risk, we could have easily still lost with Bauman giving up one run. And this risk is just crap. We can't score with runners in one hit per game with runners in scoring position for the season. There's the bad. Some, there is some good. There is some good plate discipline going on. 
We only got three walks today, but we got 10 yesterday. So that's not as great. But we only got seven strikeouts. And we've talked a lot about how the strikeouts have been killing this team right along there with the wrist. So it was good to see that the Orioles were hitting the bat on the ball, making some contact. We still got some crappy batting averages a weekend. Santander is at 304, Mountcastle 250, Mancini 250, Hayes 214, and then everyone else in tonight's rotation is under two. Mullins 176, who had a really slow start, but he's really waking up. So Mullins, we're going to see that number go up. Urias, 156. Odor, 158. Uh, Mateo, 192. Baboom, 143. Really bad work at the plate. And that's killing this team this year. This is killing this team when you're facing good teams with good pitching. And we're, we're getting killed. We'll see what happens tomorrow. We're still waiting on our first series win. Tomorrow we take on the Yankees again before we head out west for uh, Oakland and Los Angeles. That's going to be a tough stretch. We have to learn to hit the ball. Let's hope that maybe a trip out west wakes up the bats. I'd love for the bats to rise tomorrow. It's After all, it's Easter, it's Easter Sunday. What, we all go to church with the uh, he is risen? He is risen indeed. I really hope the Oriole bats rise tomorrow. Um, but anyway, that's the, the story is always going to be rest. It's what we're going to talk about until the Orioles learn to hit the ball. We're going to talk about it more tonight. We're going to talk about it on Section 336 on Monday night. I'm not sure if we're doing a Birdland tonight, tomorrow, because it'll be a day game and Easter. i got to figure out family stuff. But if we do, we're going to be talking about rests, good or bad, because that's the story of this lineup right now. Be right back. All right, what do you guys think of this PitchCom system that's going on now? It was kind of a thing they tested out, and then it got implemented immediately. I guess Yankees and a couple other teams tested it during spring training, and then it got announced like right before opening day, hey, you can use this if you want. And it seems like the catchers and pitchers, they're all like it. They all use it. Uh, we saw we saw them have a, the Yankees have a little trouble when the crowd got loud and having to cover their ears like the quarterback we talked about yesterday, uh, trying to hear. It's an interesting thing. So the way it works, if you're not familiar with it, is the catcher goes on his arm and he presses some buttons. And then an electronic voice in the earpiece says, fastball, top left. Or uh, I guess top, that wouldn't be top left. That's like if I'm playing the show. It'd be fastball, inside high. And then the pitcher can shake off and then it'll come, catcher taps on his wrist, fastball, inside low. And the pitcher nods and goes with it. And at the same time, I think it's four or five people can have the, he- have the headset in. So the catcher wears it in his ear so that he can hear to make sure he pressed the buttons right. The pitcher clearly has it in his ear. And then the shortstop second baseman can have it. But no one in the dugout. So, like, the manager cannot have it, which is weird. I don't know why. Why wouldn't you let the pitching coach have it or something? I don't understand that, especially when it's a listening device. But I still don't understand why it's a listening device and why I get that we're moving away from signs. But, like, you're going to have trouble hearing it, so then you got to turn the volume up. But then you don't want the batter to hear it, so you want it just quiet enough that you can hear it. But then if you mishear it, you're throwing the wrong pitch. If you, and I just... 
technology is good, and bringing more technology into baseball is good if it makes the game better. I would like robot umpires. I think everyone that likes to watch last night's game would have liked robot umpires. I think uh, Aaron Boone wants robot umpires. I'm all for robot umpires. But, uh, why? So, Pocket Watch is saying that it's not an earpiece, it's a speaker in the back of the hat. That seems even worse to me. So, how can the catcher wear a speaker and it broadcasts what the pitch is and the batter not hear it? I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like if it's a speaker, it's going to be even easier to steal pitch. Steal some- At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I feel like you could have some type of microphone in the dugout aimed at your pitcher that can pick up what the, what the noise is making. It's weird. I'm not even worried about them hacking it or anything. I mean, that we're not in the NFL. That's some Bill Belichick type material there. But... It seems odd. Like, we all wear these Apple Watches around. There's no reason the Apple Watch couldn't. You just look at your wrist, and it says, uh, and, it, and look at the wrist, and it says, hey, the catcher wants you to throw a slider out, out and low. And then you can tap no on, the sw- on the, your watch, and then, the, and then no, I want to go fastball high. And then the catcher reads that, and we're back in business. We do this all the time off the baseball field, where we are using our watches to communicate back and forth. I don't understand why baseball is trying to overcomplicate it with pitchcom. Do they have to be different? Do they not want to? The NFL has a great deal with Microsoft Surface Books. All the announcers call them iPads. All of us call them iPads. But they have a giant Microsoft logo in them, so Microsoft must be paying the NFL to use those. Apple will clearly pay you for everyone to be wearing Apple Watches. You don't need to use this Pitchcom thing. A watch isn't going to do anything. If the guy doesn't like a watch on his wrist, you put, the little, you put it in the back pocket just like they put the little note cards. I don't understand. It's weird. Why are we doing something that doesn't make sense and it seems like, it's hey, it's new technology that is based off technology from the 80s. It doesn't make sense to me with this whole Pitchcom thing. So that's a side note of things that I just wrote down in my notes during this game because they were having a conversation about it on one of the things I was listening to. It was either on TV or on the radio broadcast. They were talking about it. So let me talk about the radio broadcast. Have you guys checked out the radio broadcast yet? With right now, Melanie Newman is doing the play-by-play. And I'll tell you, previous years, I didn't like when Melanie Newman filled in and did the play-by-play. I didn't like it. But here's why I went back to it tonight. Because I've watched the games on Apple, where Melanie Newman is the main play-by-play person for national games. And I thought she was doing a really good job on Apple broadcast. So then I said, let me check out the Orioles radio. And you know what? It was really good. She is an excellent play-by-play broadcaster, and I really enjoyed 
I really enjoyed the radio this year. It shocked me because it's not how I felt in previous years. I like Jeff Arnold. I like the little bit that he's inserting now. He's a great guy, good friend of Birdland Tonight, good fan of Section 336. He he came on Birdland Tonight immediately after calling John Means no-hitter. So I will always be appreciative to Jeff Arnold. I love what he does. But Melanie Newman is doing a great job on the national broadcast on Apple and an excellent job on the Orioles broadcast on the radio. I really enjoyed it, and that surprised me. I don't know why it surprised me. I guess because last year I didn't like when she was doing it. And she really stepped up her game. I don't know if she worked on it in the offseason, but whatever she did, she put more work into her game and made a bigger improvement than anyone did in the Orioles lineup. So make sure you check out the radio this year. Really good broadcast. Really enjoying it. Let's see. Um, if you head on over to at Birdland Sports on Twitter, we, mo- we passed the 1,000 follower mark tonight, which is exciting. Make sure you keep sharing that. Let's get that up to 2,000 as fast as we can and just make this season go. I mean, we're, we're building this up because next year we're you, you can think of the Birdland Tonight and Birdland Sports, everyone, Section 336, uh, all the shows combined. We're all building up. We're all going through spring training. We're all getting our reps in for next season when it really counts. But head on over to Bird, at Birdland Sports on Twitter because I put a poll up there tonight. With means out, who would you like to see take the mound on Tuesday? What do you guys think over in the chat? Here's the options I gave. I gave you the options of Keegan Aiken. Alexander Wells or Michael Bowman? Let me know in the chat what you guys think. Let's talk about Alexander Wells a little bit, though, because he pitched tonight. Um, He pitched 32 pitches. 29 of those were strikes. He only threw three balls in two innings, gave up three hits. First appearance of the year. Very happy for, uh, for Alexander Wells and how that started. Um, Going to take a quick break as I respond to a child texting me, and we will be right back in just a moment. And we're going to talk about Alexander Wells and these other pitch options we have for Tuesday night. It's it's a little after midnight. What is it? Twelve ten a.m. here on Easter morning, as the Orioles decided. Hey, you know what? Friday night was really late. We made all our Orioles, uh, made all our fans stay up late on Friday night with a four hour and fifteen minute game. Let's keep everyone up with a three hour and twenty six minute game, which doesn't count the hour and fifteen minute delay. That's why we're all up so late because of that delay. So, but it's always fun when it's a little after midnight and you're getting a text message from a child who's supposed to be asleep. So that's what I get to deal with in just a few minutes as we, after this podcast. So Tuesday night, Alexander Wells is an option. I really liked what we saw from Alexander Wells today. 29 strikes, three balls, three hits in two innings. Really great first performance from him. Michael Bowman, I've been loving all season. Every time he's in there, I was really disappointed we didn't get to see him today. Um... And then, uh, who did I say was my other option? Oh, Keegan Aiken. Keegan Aiken's had a good start, too, so far. So I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with any of these guys. I mean, 
None of them are John Means, but no one is. The question is, can any of these guys eat innings? And I know that we're keeping everyone on a short leash because of the early spring training. But now we're a week in. Everyone got their first start. It's time to push. Actually, everyone got two starts now. Or no, we're going through the second time through the rotation. So by the time we hit Tuesday night, everyone will have two starts. And it's time to start thinking, all right, we're a week in. We've got two starts under our belt. How do we push this a little bit further? How do we push these a little bit further? All right, I see some people want Alexander Wells. Some people want Michael Bowman. Everybody wants Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall uh, to come up. Or Kyle Bradish, but we all know none of those guys are coming up. It's just, I don't know. We talked about it yesterday about Hyde's comments where I kind of feel like Hyde's out of it and not allowed to be part of that thing. Today, Hyde talked about, he kind of pressed on that, talking about how he's seen some guys who look like they're major league ready and then they come up and they got to be sent out on again. So you don't want to rush a guy up. So he's trying to clean up those statements, I feel, and kind of be like, yeah, yeah, I'm a team player. We don't, we don't want to rush these guys. I know exactly what we're doing. So we'll see. Let's see. Anything else today? I wrote, a, I wrote in my notes, Orioles' Twitter is broken. I don't know what happened, but Lakins came in, gave up those three runs, and Orioles' Twitter broke. There was spoof accounts of the Orioles going around posting stuff and retweeting stuff. There was a spoof account of Bird's Eye View. There was an attack of, on uh, Dan Clark, which I'm all good with that. But there's Dan Clark posting stuff like he knows more than any of us when we know he doesn't. So there was people attacking him. I don't know what happened to Orioles Twitter tonight, but we started eating our own. And it was weird. And it's weird because it's not like we just lost a big game. We lost... Another Orioles loss. My tweet on Section 336 tonight was, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's another Orioles loss. We've lost more than we won, but Orioles Twitter is going crazy attacking each other because Lakins gave up three runs. I don't understand it at all. So let's take a look real quick at tomorrow's matchup as the Yankees are still in here for Easter Sunday as we... uh, what do we got? A 1 o'clock start. We still are fighting to win our first series. Hopefully we can do it out west. But let's see. I guess we have a shot to win the series tomorrow. I don't know what I was thinking. We can't get a sweep. But we got a shot to win the series. Bounce back. It'd be nice to get a little win under our belt before going out west. We have Bruce Zimmerman taking on Cortez. Nestor Cortez. Who the best thing about Nestor Cortez is, I mean, he did pitch four innings, five strikeouts. Uh, zero ERA with a .69 whip. So he had a great first outing. But really, the best part of Nestor Cortez is his mustache. Nestor Cortez has a great mustache as he goes up against Bruce Zimmerman, who also went four innings, got only four strikeouts, not five, and has a whip of one two five with a zero ERA. It's going to be interesting to see if we see Bruce Zimmerman go further than four innings, especially since our bullpen is really banged up right now. And by banked up, I mean we've used it a lot. So we'll see what happens. It's also going to be interesting to see what happens with Lakins. Do they they just brought him up? So do they send him back down for a fresh arm for the road trip, or what they do uh, to kind of get through a, a stretch of going out west? So tomorrow, one o'clock, the New York Yankees to finish out the series. Then we get on the road Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, nine forty in Oakland. Thursday, 
in Oakland to close out that series. I like that broadcast. That's a come home from work, turn on the TV, the Orioles are there. That's a fun game. At 940 games, I'll tell you how the 940 games work for me. Watch them in bed, maybe I fall asleep. Watch them in bed, if they play the way they've been playing, I fall asleep. That's why Birdland tonight's going to be a little awkward this week in how we get it in. Because right after that 337 in Oakland, they are in L.A. with a 938 start, a 907 start, and a 407 start. That's at least the weekend. Friday night, I'll be up late. Saturday night, I'll be up late. Sunday, I'll be up. The weekend, we'll have Birdland tonight. I'm not sure what's going to happen for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with those 940s. Thursday, that sounds pretty good. I think we'll be on here talking Thursday. But that's the schedule for this week. Like I said from the beginning, Birdland tonight, it might just be me. Send me your feedback. Let me know how you think as a one-man show. I want to get some more people on here, but I'm also not pressuring them because I cannot ask someone to commit to have to watch the Orioles when they turn bad. And we all know they're going to turn bad and unwatchable. It's why Birdland tonight stopped in the middle of the season last year because the Orioles got really tough to watch. The hope is that this season, in that time where they get tough to watch, is when the, when the prospects start to come up. So you're starting to watch for the Adley Rushman, the Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall, Kyle Bradish, those guys. I still am holding out hope for Gunnar Henderson in September, which would lead the way for all those guys in 2023. That's what I'm hoping for. But again, weird schedule with Birdland tonight. Make sure you're following us on all those social media, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, at Birdland Sports, at Birdland Sports B-A-L on Instagram. And that's the best way to find out. If Birdland Tonight's going to be on tonight, make sure all those things have a little bell or notification thing you can press and bang so that you'll get the text message to say, hey, Birdland Tonight's on, and you can join us. So thanks again for hopping in the comments, keeping me going through this. We will talk to you guys again soon this week, just not sure when. We'll find out. Enjoy your Easter.